Philanthropy. It's all about giving to the causes that matter to you the most and making a real difference in the lives of others. But is this an activity that is reserved just for the super wealthy? Or is it possible for the average person to become a philanthropist? What cause tugs at your heart that you wish you could provide funding for? Is there a way right now to live your dream with purpose? These are the blaring questions this podcast will explore. You'll hear from people that are making it happen, how they're doing it, along with tips, techniques, and ideas along the way. Prepare to get inspired, motivated, and learn as you step into the dream of living your best life with purpose. My name is Nancy Landa. Welcome to Cause Talk Radio. My guest on today's show is Mr. Anastasio Martinez. Anastasio has done many things in his life, which include work in the advertising field. He's been a security guard. He worked at an assembly plant. But for the past 20 years, he drove a bus. In fact, he has driven well over a million miles professionally, as well as driven in three different countries professionally. But he will tell you his greatest accomplishment is being a father of his five kids. He is now following a calling on his life, and that is in ministry. Welcome to the show, Anastasio. Thank you. So let me ask you this, just to start off. What was life like for you growing up as a young child? Well, I, my father was in the military. So my life as a child is different from what most people know. I moved on an average of every two and a half years. Wow. By the time I graduated high school, I had attended 23 schools. Wow. So some of it, a lot of that was moving more than once in a year. Yes. There were times that my father would get stationed. Like when we, when we first went out to California, we stayed first with his brother who lived in San Diego. From there, we moved to, an, to another house. Then we moved to Long Beach. Then we moved to, finally, we moved to Los Alamitos. And all of this happened Click, 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 click. Wow. Because basically as a military brat, sometimes you have to wait on the army to have room on the base. Right, right. Because I understand that. You got to wait for enough people to leave. So and were you the only child on the... or did you have siblings? I have three siblings. And where the are you in that? closest of which I'm the oldest by six years. Oh, okay. All right. Who had the greatest influence on you as a kid and why? That would be my father. He, my father was the type of man that when people met him, they, they liked him. Everywhere he went, he made friends. When he passed away, what, 14 years ago, I'm guessing he, the number of people that showed up for his, um, the celebration of his life and the stories they could tell was it was amazing and a lot of it is you know as a as his child you don't see how people see your father until much later in life right he greatly influenced a lot of my beliefs and a lot of the way i live my own personal life you know my father always said if you're going to do something do it to the best of your ability. You may, other people may not know you slacked off, but you will always know 
and you're going to look at it and you're going to see it and you're going to, whatever you did, you're going to realize, man, I should have done that better. So yeah, he probably had the greatest impact on my life. So how did you come to know Jesus Christ as your savior? Well, I guess like a lot of people, I was born into it. Okay. I'm going to say, I say it that way because it's totally wrong. You know, most of us think that, you know, my mom and dad were Christians. They took me to church. You know, I became a Christian that way. You know, it's a start, but that's not what really got me alive as a Christian. What got me really to see Christianity for what it was or what it is was when my mom and dad took me to a church that was just dead. Everybody in this church was worried about what happens after they died. And there was nothing happened, nothing for me as a teenager, really. Right. There's no life. And I started questioning. It's like, look, if, if all Christianity is, 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 is what happens when we're dead. I had a lot of life to live. Let me live my life first. So as a military brat, I went to the chapel on post and started going to the chapel there because my mom and dad would accept that. At least I was going to church in their opinion. The chapel was blessed by having a minister, a minister that really wanted the youth to be involved. And because it's paid for by the government, we went on trips a lot. We went camping trips. And one of the trips we went to was to a camp in somewhere north of Chicago, because we were at this time I was living, we were living on Fort Sheridan, Illinois, which is a little base, about a mile and a half long by a half mile wide. It's no longer a military base anymore. They've since closed it down, but they took, the chapel took us to this camp. And to this day, I remember parts of what the guest speakers were talking about. Haven't been able to find any mention of them anywhere since then. There's a little group called Three and a Half M Company. And Three and a Half M Company wanted to talk about the possibility that maybe you weren't as much of a Christian as you thought you were. And they told the story of how Satan uses membership to replace becoming a Christian. And they used several examples. The one that always stuck with me was the professor without practice. Somebody who really understood the Bible or really knew the Bible, but didn't live it. And that started weighing in on my soul for quite a bit until it finally clicked on me that they were talking about me. It's kind of like, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's kind of like head knowledge versus heart knowledge. Yes. It's exactly what it is. I knew what the Bible said on paper, but it never fit in my life because I never applied it. Right. Now, the bad part about it is Satan's Satan's a perfect example. He knows everything that the Bible says, but he doesn't live according to it. So when you're a professor without practice, you're no different than him. And that 
got me realizing there was more to Christianity than showing up to church. Now, when you were a teenager, what did you want to do with your life? What was your dream? After that point, I was I was called to be a minister. And within a couple of years, I rebelled and ran away. What caused the rebellion? Life wasn't the way I wanted it to be. I was an adopted child. And when I found out who my adopted parents were, my real parents were, I mean, I was very disappointed. And it didn't fit my fantasy. And so I rebelled. I went off, joined the military, did whatever I wanted, basically forgot about God, forgot about the church, forgot about a lot of things until slowly God started pulling me back in until he said, you know, that's enough. I'm still here. I still love you. Your fantasy doesn't matter. What matters is I love you. And I'll be honest, it took me a long time to recognize that just because I gave up on the calling, the calling didn't give up on me. That's very profound. Matter of fact, I'd say I didn't realize it until 14, uh, yeah, 2014. I thought I was disqualified from the ministry by then. I'd been married twice, divorced twice, because a marriage, you can't really love somebody when you're busy arguing with yourself. That's true. They say you can't love somebody unless you love yourself. Well, same thing. Yeah. I wasn't happy with where I, what I was doing in my life. I could get by, but I wasn't happy because I wasn't doing what I was called to do. In 2014, the Lord, I guess, finally got fed up with me having excuses and got my attention. And How did he get your attention? How did he get my attention? I got into two accidents in a week. Wow. Both of which were, the first one, my bus hit the grill plate of, down here in Texas, we have big grills on the front of our cars. We call them cattle catchers. This car in a parking lot, a dark parking lot, their cattle catcher front grill was bent out. It took out, it hit, I hit the, hit I hit it with the bus, and it messed up the bus. And a few days later, I was backing the bus into the yard and hit another vehicle. Two things that, for the life of me, I don't see how they happened. But they did. So I was let go. And I remember thinking when they fired me, what a relief. Really? Yeah. Like a weight had been lifted off of you. Yeah. I suddenly was no longer doing this, that a job I'd done off and on for 20 something years. And now I could choose a new direction. 
Well, that very shortly after that, I was given a book to write. I wrote it. It's not the greatest book in the world by writing style. But I still hadn't. Uh, I was waiting for that fantasy still a little bit. I wanted, you know, God, you don't have some church call me up and say, come be our minister. That's not what God wanted me to do. It took me quite a few years to realize God will do, I'll do what he says, not he'll do what I say. Right. (laughs) Let's talk about your ministry, waiting in Laodicea. Now, most ministries, I think you'll agree, are focused on bringing people to a relationship with Jesus Christ. But I think your ministry is a little different. It's more focused on reigniting the fire inside Christians. Is that pretty accurate? That's 100% accurate. The name of the ministry comes from the seventh church mentioned in the book of Revelations. The church that is known as the lukewarm church. Also the church that God wants to spit out. That's this church that we, that's the time frame we're living in now. Uh, and by some people's beliefs, other people may not believe that. It's that's the great thing about revelations is there's so many opinions on what it means that you can generally, you know, pick one and take and believe what you want to believe. The thing is, if you do it with the spirit, that's okay. If you do it just because you're being lazy, not so not so okay. <laughs> In my case. I always looked at that church and said, you know, the Bible says that you'd be better off being cold. I can't imagine what it would be like to be so wretched that God would tell you you're better off being nothing. Yeah, stone cold. Yeah, well, we're living in Laodicea, and the reality is we see that every— you know, you can read read facts to support that every day in the newspaper. We celebrate immorality. We celebrate the good is called bad, the bad is called good. Well, let me let me ask and you this: why? what are what are the signs that a person might be a lukewarm Christian? And do you have a checklist? Oh, do I have a checklist? Yeah. No. I haven't really come up with a checklist other than one thing. If you're sitting back and you go to church on Sunday and that's the only time you think about God, you're a lukewarm Christian. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. God should be the paramount, most important part of your life. The easiest way to explain it is if you're married, how often do you think about your wife? She should be second to God. Absolutely. If she's not, your priorities are a little mixed up. And we see the proof of it everywhere. Yeah. But that's okay because we win. So what we is know it? the Bible says we win. That's right. So what do does it take to light that fire in a lukewarm Christian? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you will work for me. Number one, realizing I'm not doing walking the life I was supposed to walk. You know, they tell you that Alcoholics Anonymous tells you the first step is admitting you're an alcoholic. Right. Well, for a lukewarm Christian, the first step is to realize 
you're not walking the life you're supposed to walk. Now, turn around and look at your life. Are you going to church only because you have to on Sunday? That needs to change. And the first and best, easiest way to start changing your life is read the Bible. And from the Bible, you get you add prayer, you add worship. I think most Christians today don't even know what worship is. Yeah. I mean, you go to a lot. I've been to a lot of churches in my life, and a lot of times when the music part, you know, that's supposed to be worship. You're singing praises to the Lord. And I've seen funerals that were more exciting than some churches. So it comes back to what your dad taught you about everything you do, you do with the very best the you best. can, with a hundred percent of your heart, right? Right. I mean, when they asked Christ what were the what were the, the most important commandment, he said, "Love your God, love love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind." I think a lot of people don't even give God a tenth of that. Yeah. And Laodicea is out to help you light that fire. Um, look, I'm examining how do you know if you're in the right church? I'm examining, you know, what what's keeping you from doing what you're supposed to do. And a lot of it is based off of my own excuses. <laughs> I found that a lot of Christians, and myself in particular, we are afraid people might laugh at me. Or even worse, they might think I'm one of those nut job Christians. Well, fear. God said that people are going to persecute us. You have to be prepared for that. There's no, God never promised us an easy walk. He never promised a rose garden until afterwards actually he promised us just the opposite that our life on this earth would not be a picnic but life on this earth is no picnic anyway so what would you rather do have life on this earth that is not a picnic or life on this earth that's not a picnic but at least God is there standing there holding you up I'd rather be held up are those the only two options, Anastasio? Uh, in reality, yeah. You're either with God or you're not. Yeah, and but God life with God up. is full of joy. Oh, yes. It's it's not a, it's not a, it's tough, but it's you know not, what? If you didn't have him, it'd be a whole lot tougher. That's, well, that's more or less what I was trying to say, but I mean, we can, we can recognize, I mean, today, Today, perfect example. A lot of people are worried and afraid. The state of this country and the state of the world is scaring people. Yeah. But there's no reason to be afraid. We have God with us. And if, as a Christian, we have God in us. Yeah. So we're not alone. And we know the final outcome is. We win. Right. Waiting in Laodicea is about how you and each and every other member of the Christian church can light the fire so that we can turn to other people that are afraid 
and say, hey, it's it's okay. He's with you. Right. The world's the world's a mess. It's okay. My God wins. And he's still in control. He's all of this is according to his divine plan. We so, don't have to understand. We just have to have faith and belief. How do you go about reaching these lukewarm Christians with your message? Well, what I'm working on doing right now is I'm finishing up building the website. And after, and at the same time, I'm going to start putting out messages through YouTube, Odyssey, BitChute, and I think there's another one. I forgot what it's called. And what I'm doing is I'm going to upload messages on two, three, four times a week, more often as God lays something on my heart as how we can take our lives and light the fire, how we can find worship, how we can find the joy of Christ and bring it out through our daily life. I mean, I look at the, uh, looked at some statistics recently and the number one place of growth for Christianity right now, China. Why is China growing and we're not? It's because China, they're being, they either light that fire or they die. And many of them who have the fire lit die anyway. Here we've just gotten so I almost want to say lazy, but comfortable, I guess, would be the better word. We can we don't have to worry you know, if we don't go to church this week. There'll be church next week. No. I think your audio is kind of going in and out. <clears throat> Anastasia, are you close enough to your mic? I don't know. Can you hear me? Um, you're really faint. Hold on. Let me see if I can find where the mic is. Oh, that's is. better. Okay, yeah, I just, the phone tilted the other way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if a listener wants to reach out to you to either assist <clears throat> you in your efforts or receive assistance from you, how can they do that? Well, the easiest bet right now would be either writing to waitingandlaodicea.gmail. That's our, my Gmail address. The website, which is still partially under construction, is waiting at la- waiting <coughs> excuse me <coughs> waiting in la- waiting in laodicea dot weebly dot com okay and once it's f- finished it'll go up to waiting in la- laodicea dot org but that's a couple weeks down the line okay those are those are the best ways to reach me and I check my email regularly so probably the email is the best. I will surely put the, links in the uh, show notes so that listeners can check that out. Um, Anastasia, I want to say it has been a pleasure having you on the show today. Um, thank you for the, uh, taking the time out of your day to be here with me. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we go? Yeah, just remember, God loves you all. God loves all of us. We win the battle in the end, so there's no reason to be afraid today. We've got this. That's an inspiring. And thank you for having me on. 
Well, folks, if Anastasio has inspired you today and you'd like to support him or realize you have a need for his message in your own life, be sure to visit his website, waitingleodicea.weebly.com, soon to become waitingleodicea.org. And of course, you can always reach him by email. And like I said, those uh, links will be in the show notes. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and were inspired by the content that was presented. Don't forget to click the subscribe button so you'll be notified as soon as new episodes are available. For more information about anything on today's show, head on over to causetalkradio.com. Click on the podcast link to locate this episode's post. There you'll find all the information covered on today's podcast, including links for easy navigation.